The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. I love mixing it up by betting against the spread, taking the over on Giannis's points every chance I get, and more exclusive bets like the two by three, two threes scored in the first three minutes. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine bets like those for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash blue wire. That's fanduel.com slash blue wire to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Virginia. What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast, you guys. Oh man, do I have a good one for you today. And it's so weird, <laughs> like honestly weird, how excited I am about this episode because it's, I think it's because I'm nerding out. You know, those, like, I feel like you guys have been listening now long enough to know, like, when I nerd, nerd out about like certain subjects. But, um, so this one is something I feel like I nerd out about. It's something that I like, I feel always like I want to learn more about. So we have, Donna, Dr. Donna Mazzola on today. And she is, make sure you follow her on Instagram. She's at Dr. Autoimmune Girl on Instagram. So this might sound boring. I promise you it is not. It is fascinating. And so today we're going to talk about, you know, gut health and just autoimmune disease and how to eat better so that we can live longer, to put it plain and very simple, how to eat better so that we can live longer. Um, And so I guess the reason I find this fascinating is because I feel like most of the time in our lives, we're just kind of you know, we're getting by, like we eat what's convenient and we do what's convenient. And, you know, it's like, well, what's for dinner tonight? It's okay. What do we have in the house? And like, let's throw something together. Um, but I think in the background of our minds, I think we know, uh, that we have, that we have the ability to make better choices a lot of times. And we don't think about it today and we don't think about it in the moment all the time, but it's, it's, if we could get just a little bit better at thinking about it in the moment and thinking about our choices, you know, in advance. Um, I think we can prevent a lot of disease in the world and a lot of unhappiness. And, you know, I, you know, it's a, it's definitely an episode for another time, but, uh, I personally, uh, have gone through, 
you know, a health journey on my own that led to, you know, being hospitalized for 30 days. And it was a, you know, a really low point in my life and a really scary, hard thing to go through. But, you know, it's like, you realize if you don't have your health, you have nothing in this world. And so, and, and if you're going through a hard time, you know, the, the beautiful thing about it is we can heal ourselves a lot of the time through eating better. And that's kind of the key to living longer. Um, and anyways, I promise you it's a fun episode. I really promise you it is. I really, really, really enjoy talking to, uh, Dr. Donna because she's like super insightful and she's like a lot of the guests that I have on this podcast. She delivers information in a way that is consumable and easy to understand and not like a total drag to listen to. So that is what we're going to do today. And I think you're going to like it. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the very best self podcast. I am, I am really, really, really excited for today's episode. I feel like we are going to learn so much and I'm honored to have uh, Dr. Mazzola on today. She is Dr. Donna. She is at the Dr autoimmune girl on Instagram. Uh, so thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. I'm super excited for this combo. Yeah. We're going to talk all things, gut health, immunity, um, autoimmune diseases, uh, inflammation, how food is medicine. Um, and I feel like these are things, I don't know if maybe I'm going to share my perspective because I feel like there's a lot of people out there who maybe share the same perspective as me. These are things I am super interested in. However, it feels like there is such a plethora of information out there that I get overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to eat organic food. And that's basically the extent of what I know. And so you luckily also have come out with this amazing new book, um, immunity food fix. And so I think that kind of gives you kind of like a break it down for you model of how to kind of not feel so overwhelmed by the, the world of healthy eating and gut health and all of it. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't need to be as hard as we make it. And I think we'll get to that in this conversation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was definitely drawn to your Instagram profile uh, originally because it says that you are an autoimmune expert. And then also you have right in your tagline Hashimoto's. So just to speak from kind of a personal standpoint. Um, so I have endometriosis. My mother has endometriosis and endometriosis is linked to Hashimoto's. And so my mother also has Hashimoto's. And uh, so I think, you know, with that being something that can be hereditary, uh, it's something that I certainly certainly want to kind of be on the lookout for. Um, so can you dive into that world a little bit? It feels like maybe yeah. a good place to start. Yeah. So interesting that you say like, I have endometriosis, so there could be a link to Hashimoto's. And so I think about it as any inflammatory disorder can open up the door to additional inflammatory disorders. And so yeah. like if we take a step back and think about that, um, chronic inflammation is, you know, caused by food being a big one. Um, but our entire Western lifestyle where we're not sleeping, we're super stressed out, we're always on the go, we're eating processed foods, um, and we're living in this state and then our immune system of just this chronic inflammation. And basically what that means is like our immune system is turned on 
and it's staying on. And it, that's not supposed to happen, right? We're, an inflammatory response is technically supposed to be a good thing. It's like our body's response to say, ah, oh, there's something bad going on. Let me fight it. And then when it's done fighting it, it's supposed to turn off. But what we're doing is we're constantly exposing our body to, quote, something bad, right? Whether it being through food or stress or whatever it may be. And therefore, that process is never turning off. So you're constantly living in this chronic inflammatory state. So yes, you are seeing a rise in autoimmune type disorders developing at an exponential rate. It's it's crazy how many more and how many we'll continue to see. But then also you think about cardiometabolic disorders, cognitive disorders like Alzheimer's. All of these are linked to inflammation. So wow. To be somebody who has endometriosis, which is also inflammatory in nature, and you're concerned with developing additional diseases, I tell every person when they're like, well, what should I do? My response is always the same. Focus on reducing inflammation. And like, it will always, that will always be my answer. Um, because if we can do that, then we kind of take that dysregulated immune system, calm it down, right? And then we're also giving it the nourishment, the nutrients that our body needs to function in the way that it needs to, to be our best self, you know, to be that healthy. Right. That makes, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So how do we put our body in a state of less inflammation? You know, I like to think that I'm someone who eats pretty well. And let's say also, what's your take on, on gluten, right? Because, you know, gluten has kind of gotten this bad rap of being something that's very um, inflammatory. But then you sometimes get a gluten test and it'll say, oh, you don't have a gluten allergy. However, I notice a very big difference in kind of like you can eat, what is it about going to Europe and you can eat 10 million carbs and like, they, do they just not have as many process? Like their, the regulations are just different. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. this is the very, that was the most loaded question. I think I ever, I just threw like 10 points because <laughs> my brain is just like firing on all cylinders. Like, so I'm like, but I, I want to know about answers. gluten and I want to know about inflammation and I want to know about <laughs> all these things. Um, but yeah, so yeah. like, how do we reduce inflammation is the question. Um, and is gluten really the devil? Yeah, yeah. So if we start with how do we reduce inflammation, like that is also a very loaded question. So sometimes right. I'm like, okay, I'm going to separate. It's easier for me to say our diet. So I'm going to separate that out. So we'll talk about that. And then kind of like to me, the low-hanging fruit of reducing inflammation is sleep, stress reduction, and movement. Okay, so like opposite of the typical Western lifestyle. And, I'm really and I think good at all three of those things. I sleep yeah. eight so hours you're... every night. I exercise <laughs> for a living because I teach at SoulCycle. I probably yeah. over-exercise. And what was the third one? Stress reduction, like oh. meditation. Mm, probably... Oh, I meditate every day. Yeah. But yeah. still, so I feel like, like I need help with inflammation. But anyways. Yeah. So then... So those are like, to me, like low-hanging fruit because people, if you're okay. like, oh, it's diet, they're like, I don't know what to where to start. Like it's too much. So, okay, start yeah. with that low-hanging fruit. Can you improve on those? Now do you feel better? Like you should, right? So if you're not doing those things and suddenly you start, you're going to feel better. So then it's like, okay, now let me think about diet. Let's think about food. So removing inflammatory foods from our diet. So that's our processed foods. Those are our convenient foods. Um, you know, any... It's sad to say, but I always say like pretty much anything in a package, I try to avoid. I mean, it's not easy, but like, can you eat whole food, real food 
because that's what keeps it simple, right? Like that's kind of the premise of the book. It's like, it doesn't have to be hard. Like these are all real foods that are available to you that are anti-inflammatory in nature, but can you remove those things that are inflammatory, such as gluten, dairy, soy, um, alcohol, sorry guys, but it is, um, (laughs) um, sugar, processed sugar, it's a big one, right? And so just threw a few out there. Um, Can we remove those inflammatory foods and introduce anti-inflammatory foods to kind of create that balance, to shift where we're at? Is gluten the devil? Um, Here's what I'll say about gluten. And you're right about Europe and being able to consume gluten and carbs. Pasta for every meal. I feel the same way. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm just fine. You're fine. Exactly. And so I always ask this question. So like, is it the glyphosate or is it the gluten in the United States? Um, And our crop is so sprayed, right, with pesticides, glyphosate, that we are, I mean, that's really what we're consuming. So like, that's really the question that I throw out there because our body can't tolerate that. And not just that, our carbs are even more processed because we're adding more gluten than what naturally occurs. Like that protein that's in there, we're adding even more because it improves upon texture. Um, You know what I mean? It's like gets people to want more. So our system is like, I don't even know how to digest all this. Like we're putting even more in than what's naturally occurring in these foods that like we can't even break them down and digest them. And then on top of that, they're so heavily sprayed with these chemicals. I think that's what's disrupting our gut lining. And so yeah, to me, I, I'm with you on that. I avoid it, especially here in the U.S. I go to Europe and I enjoy it all day. Like it doesn't doesn't affect me. Um, so it just like takes me to the point that honestly, I think it's more the chemicals and the processing of our food and in the U.S. that's so different than what we do in Europe um, that, yeah, many people can't tolerate it. And it is super inflammatory and it does break down the lining of the gut. And then you do get those symptoms of inflammation and that bloating and just you feel crappy. You feel super fatigued, right? Like some people will be like, I eat gluten and all of a sudden I'm so tired. Like I'm falling asleep. Um, you know, like oh. why is that happening? Yeah. So okay, that's me. it's just inflammatory. Yeah. I wanted to have this discussion about gluten because, you know, I think I've been kind of looking for permission to cut gluten out of my diet. And I, because I feel like that's one thing that does happen to me is I get completely wiped out. If I eat like something super glutinous, I'm like, I got to take a nap immediately. Yeah. And it's immediately right after I eat, but then I've had, I've been tested for a gluten allergy and I, you know, I've been told that I don't have one. So then it just feels like, okay, well, you're being ridiculous. Like you don't need to give up gluten because it's just quote unquote trendy. You don't have a gluten intolerance. Like, and I guess I've been looking for permission to say, cause I just has a, have this kind of quote, you know, gut feeling, um, that I should probably cut it out. And so feels like it's probably the move. Yeah. I mean, Again, you got to listen to your body. So sometimes right. a lab test is not going to show, but you're like, you're not crazy. Like, you know, you, it's like you can experiment on yourself. I do it all the time. You know, it's like, I'll eliminate this for a week and then I'll reintroduce it. I feel like crap. And I'm like, well, that's the problem. Right. The question why, like, again, it's like why here and not there that I experienced this. And honestly, it's so unfortunate that in the US, like our crop is just not the same, right? Like our laws... And what's permitted and allowed in our food supply 
is not the same, right? And so in Europe, so in the US, it has to be, it can be utilized until it's proven to cause a negative um, effect, where in Europe, it has to be proven that it doesn't cause a negative effect before it can be utilized. So it's completely opposite of how we regulate and how they regulate. Um, And so just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, that's definitely something to keep in mind for sure. Um, I just find all of this so important because I think a lot of, I want to kind of talk especially to young people who feel like they are invincible, right? Who just eat whatever they want and, you know, their body is living in this state of inflammation, you know, and like you were saying, it's like you can present as a healthy human being who gets through your life day to day um, in a great way, 20, you know, spend your 24 hours, maybe you're a little tired, um, but you still get through your day. Uh, You do everything that a normal human, quote unquote, normal human would do to get through your day. But the thing is that when we are just putting this years and years and years of kind of like treating our bodies and maybe we don't presently outwardly see the effects, but the disease, it shows up eventually and it cuts your life shorter in the long term. And so, you know, I guess I just really want to speak to people, I guess, like right now, wherever you are, wherever this podcast is finding you is like to say like, Hey, like you're putting your body into stress mode that's constantly fighting this inflammation. And eventually it sounds like, you know, the inflammation can't do its job and it can't work for you in the way that it's meant to if we constantly overwork it, overwork it, overwork it by, you know, what do they say? You're supposed to shop the perimeter in the grocery store, stay away from the inside aisles, right? That's how you got to do it. Um, But you know, it's just a call right now to anybody listening to, to really, you know, this episode, I think this podcast or any podcast or anything you find, it doesn't find you an accident. You're probably listening to this for a reason. And it's just something to think about, you know, what we eat and what we put into our bodies and how we care for ourselves. Totally. And I think it's, even if you're a parent out there, like it's never too early to start educating on these topics. Um, I do it with my own kids and I've seen a difference. Like they're more aware. They will see like classmates eating certain things like every single day. And like they find that alarming, you know, that, oh, that shouldn't be like, this should be just like a treat. Like we try to stay in balance, right? Like I'm not trying to be extreme in any way, but um, we have to educate, right? And like you only get one body. (laughs) So how are you taking care of it? You know, like if you get to that, like I've gotten myself and I wish I knew this when I was younger um, because I went through all kinds of fad diets mm-hmm. and every single one of those fad diets included, didn't include real food, it included just like chemically processed, laced, packaged ingredients, artificial sweeteners, you know, from the fat-free phase to the sugar-free phase to like I finally get to the point where I'm like, oh my, it, it didn't have to be so hard. Like, it's just a right. matter of giving my body the real food that it needs. So much of that can come from plants. Like, they're just magical. Like, the phytonutrients that we get from plants, the fiber that we get, the nutrients that we get to allow our cells to function and speak to the rest of our body so that we prevent disease. Like, that's all it is. And it's like so simple yet so hard for so many because that's not the narrative that's out there. Right. And 
I wish we could change that because at the end of the day, like, as you said, like your mom has Hashimoto's. So yes, it's in your genetics. No, you're not doomed. Like, you know, we can control our genetics from being turned on with what we get exposed to and what we expose our bodies to. So it's like the previous thought process that, you know, if my grandma had this or my dad or my mom, like I'm doomed, I'm going to get this disease. No, that's not true. Um, And you can prevent that. And it all matters of like how you live your life, how you eat, you know, like all those things that, you know, and mindset is so much of it. Um, that really impacts disease development. You know, it's, it's, you're not doomed. You can control it. And so much of this is just preventative. Right. I mean, the mindset piece is always there. And I think, you know, I forget where I heard this or where I learned it, but there are scientists in a lab that are creating foods. Like there's a reason why when you sit on the couch and you open up a bag of chips and you just continue to eat that bag, it's because there, there's like actual real science that goes into creating like the crunch and the way, and the textures and the way that like when you eat a Dorito, the way that it, it, you crunch mm-hmm. into it. And then the way that your tongue feels with the, the powdery, whatever flavoring on top of it. And then like all the different flavors, like the hot and the spicy or the, you know, the sweet or the, whatever yeah. it is, all of these things are, are conducted and made in a lab so that your brain will say, like, this is like fun to eat. This feels good because this. the texture, yeah. right? And they will literally trick you in that way. And so whenever I find myself like enjoying consuming those things, I think to myself, like, the scientist is winning right now because like <laughs> I am literally, someone is like someone else, I'm like a puppet and someone is upper operating the strings. Like, I'm not in control here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like, these, they're chemicals, like you said, they're produced in a lab, they're chemicals, and they're studying how they affect the brain and how the brain is telling you, I want more, I crave this, Um, you know, making you want to come back. There's a reason, like even the smell, like you drive by a fast food place and those smells that are like, oh, I want that. Like it's, there's, there's all science behind that. And there's a way to get you hooked. right? Right. I mean, like, you think about sugar being another inflammatory food. I mean, it's like 10 times more addictive than cocaine and we are addicted to it, right? It's yeah. it's sad. And it's like one thing if it was just sugar, but all the different varieties of sugar that have been developed in the lab to make it even more addictive than the natural product itself. Like that's what's scary. And that's what's just like just taking us down this rabbit hole of being unhealthy, you know, and it doesn't have to be so hard. Like I'll continue to repeat that because it's just like, go back, take a step back and find those foods that our ancestors ate. You know, it's like real food that actually does nourish the body as opposed to those foods that you think taste good, but they're like just killing us slowly. Yeah. And I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong about this too, but there's a lot of like what do you call it? Sexy snacks (laughs) Um, that have like, you know, natural sugars and it's all these alcohol sugars are like super popular right now. Um, Or the gel and gum, like the gums that are in like a bunch of things. And that's, that are just destroying your gut. Yeah. Like all gums are destroying your gut integrity. 
Um, you know, it drove me crazy yesterday. I was at Costco and like there's a whole section called keto and I'm just like, <sighs> and it's like all these artificial sweeteners that are in these products so that people can maintain a low carb, you know, diet. And I'm just like, it's like we took like Atkins and we rebranded it <laughs> because like that was proven to be bad. So we rebranded it. And now this whole population is destroying their gut with this type of diet, you know, and it's like, you need carbohydrates. Like stop being scared of the macronutrients. You know, it's not, protein is not better than fat and fat is not better than carbs. Like we need all of our macronutrients for multiple reasons. You know, it's like not just for our energy, but it does have a direct impact on our immune system and how our body functions and reducing inflammation, the integrity of our gut microbiome, the bacteria that survive in our gut. Like all of that comes into play with those that macronutrients that we eat. And so like when you eliminate an entire food group, like uh, it, what do you think that's doing, right? To like that natural process right. of your body, like that's totally impacting it. 100%. So how do you make whole foods delicious? What are the <laughs> tricks of the trade to that? Like nutritional yeast on top? Like what do we do? How do we make it taste good? I mean- Air fry it? I think like you have to like slowly break yourself into it, right? Like so right. to me, you could put a plate of vegetables in front of me and I'm just like, this is so good. It tastes amazing. Um, but that's mindset but like, for everybody listening. That's mindset. Any, any single person out there who's listening can train themselves to think that and to believe that. Yeah, exactly. Any single and person. From a mindset standpoint, I will say that like mentally I cannot eat fast food. Because when I actually think about eating it, I think about what it's going to do to my body and I can't do it because I put myself in that mindset where I'm just like, there's no way. And like, I'll see other people consuming it and I'm like, oh, like three times a day. And I'm just like, God, do they know what that's doing to their body? Like, it makes me want to cry for them. But like mentally, I can't even wrap my head around it because I've gotten wow. to that point where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like if I eat that, it's gonna like destroy my gut. It's gonna do wow. this. It's gonna set me back of everything I've done, you know? So, like, I won't even go there. I just can't do it anymore. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, mindset is huge. But, like, how do you use like make, you know, get creative with like dressings? Um, I mean, there are some clean dressings that you can find in sauces in the stores now, um, but they're so easy to make yourself. You know what right. I mean? Like oils and different oils and vinegars and like tahini is huge. Like yeah, you can, really yummy. And it's amazing. You can put it on any vegetable and you will devour it because it's so good, right? Um, like finding different dips that you can use, like hummus and like so easy to make yourself. Like you don't even have to buy the stuff from the store. Um, but just like little things like that, like maybe it just needs a little bit of flavoring. Don't shy away from herbs. Like we mm -hmm. talk about consuming plants and like how impactful they are to our health, herbs count. Like, so when I tell someone we should be consuming nine to 12 servings of fruit, of plants a day wow. of a variety. Okay. And so everyone's like, well, how am I going to do that? I can't eat 12 servings of vegetables. Okay. But herbs count in that oils count, nuts count, seeds mm. count. Right. So these are like things that you could add and throw on that all of a sudden, like you hit, like you start your day with a smoothie, you, you hit that 12 servings by right. lunch. Like you right. have to think twice about it, you know, right. but herbs are huge. And like being able to play around with it, season your food, you know, like 
get use turmeric, use ginger, like salt, pepper, garlic, rosemary, you know, things like the things that these different kind of work for it a little more. You do. Yes. It's a little bit more. It requires a little bit of planning. And I think that's what's hard. And that's actually the problem, which which is how we got here, is that yeah. America's you busy. know everyone's busy and our lifestyles change. Like I've been watching this documentary that I'm obsessed with. It's called okay. The Food That Built America. Okay. So good. It's Writing on the it history down. channel. Yeah. And so actually it's on Hulu if you have Hulu, but it's done by the history channel and they do such a good job. But it really talked about kind of like the industrial revolution, post-war. You know, it's like now TV I understand that came out. The TV dinners, like Hungry Man. Women started working, right? They entered the workforce. Like it, the evolution of how we got here is just so fascinating. fascinating. And I feel like we're at a point where we're trying to backtrack, at least like a small minority of us is, and we're just like digging like what happened and how do we get away from that processed food and that convenience factor? And that's what it requires, right? It requires a little bit more planning. It requires, you know, like finding new foods that you eat, looking up recipes, you know what I mean? Like identifying like what's nutritious, what the, the entire family is going to consume, you know? So if somebody right. has a family of four, like you can't make three different meals. It's easy to pop like mac and cheese for this one and chicken nuggets for this one. You know what I mean? But like we want to get away from that. And so how do you do that? It does require planning. It requires some time. And, you know, I always tell people like Sundays, set aside one to two hours. It's doable. Um, and like you're set for the whole week and like you know exactly what you're eating. You, you know, you prep everything. I've been doing this thing now is I get um, – buy a bunch of fruit, especially right now in the summer, and I dice it all up and put each different kind of fruit in mason jars. And so my one daughter loves kiwi. The other one loves strawberry. My husband loves mangoes. Like so everybody can make their own fruit salads after dinner or throughout the day or for lunch. By the end of the week, like all seven of these mason jars are empty. They're done. They're gone. Yeah. Like, and everybody's eating it. That's yes, it takes me about an hour, but – it makes me so happy to see that everyone's getting that nourishment and, you know, those nutrients and they're eating real fruit as opposed to looking for a piece of cake or ice cream after dinner. Right. Yeah. So what is candida and is that the same thing as, as having a leaky gut? So candida is yeast overgrowth. Um, so not necessarily the same thing, but contributing um, a lot of candida is caused by excessive, well, can be caused by leaky gut, right? Like it's kind of all happening at the same time, mm -hmm. but sugar feeds yeast. So mm -hmm. like you have a yeast overgrowth, many people do. Um, and then we continue to consume sugar, which causes it to like replicate in like crazy. Right. And so like, mm -hmm. yeah, then you have all these symptoms of t similar to like, you know, IBS, like just bloating, um, just, you know, cramping, you just feel yucky all the time in your gut. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like linked to, but not one in the same, I would say. Um, leaky gut, as we described it, was really what we call intestinal permeability. So the lining of your gut wall should be solid enough to not allow any food antigens or outside like viruses, particles, things to free flow into your bloodstream and activate your immune system. But it needs to be porous enough to allow your body to absorb 
the vitamins and nutrients it needs, like that it's getting from the foods, right? Right. So what happens when we eat these inflammatory foods, it's like a brick wall that slowly separates. And now you have like the holes, right, between the different brick walls. And so you will see something maybe you eat all the time. Suddenly you can't eat it anymore. And people say that all the time. Like I used to eat legumes all the time and now I can't tolerate them at all. And it's that, you know, having leaky gut and having that frequent you know, free flow of those food antigens, those proteins free flowing into your bloodstream, causing that chronic inflammatory state. Like your immune system is like, this isn't supposed to be here. Your immune system turns on, like it wants to react to that food. And now suddenly like you don't feel good after you eat it because you have leaky gut. So if we can fix that and we can kind of close that barrier back where it's supposed to be and stop those food antigens from free flowing and, and activating our immune system, people will find that, oh, they reintroduce those foods and they're like, oh, I, I'm okay. I can eat them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's a matter of recognizing that and recognizing that something happened. There was a shift that occurred and like, how can I fix that? And you can do food testing. I tell people not to waste their money, to be honest, because you're going to react to everything. And people will say that all the time. Like I did a food sensitivity test and everything showed up. Well, yeah, of course, because you have leaky gut. So your body's going to react to everything that leaks into your bloodstream. So really an elimination diet is the way to go. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like eliminate the inflammatory foods, eat really well for about four weeks. Um, You know, allow that gut lining to regenerate itself, allow those antibodies to, you know, be cut down by at least half within that time period so that you're not reacting. So when you do reintroduce, suddenly you have a reaction and you're like, oh, okay, number one, I can't eat this. Or maybe you introduced something and I was like, oh, I was fine. Like, I'm okay with, re- you know, eating this. And so like you can identify what foods cause those issues and you continue work on healing your gut, healing and mm-hmm. sealing, right? So then hopefully eventually it reintroduce all foods back in. If you have, if you're suffering from leaky gut, and you don't do something about it, and you don't fix it, inevitably what happens? I mean, I always say like leaky gut is like the biological doorway to disease development, ultimately. Like it just, you know, having leaky gut and having ultimately what you're doing, what's occurring is that you're under this chronic inflammatory state at all times. And like your immune system is upregulated all the time. Um, And so, yeah, it's going to lead to disease development. It's going to lead to autoimmunity. It will lead to various like cardiometabolic disorders that can occur. Um, Inflammation is highly linked to mental disorders as well. Depression, anxiety, um, you know, Alzheimer's, like that, that's an inflammatory disorder. Like now it's being referred to as like type three diabetes, you know, it's like, it's an inflammatory disorder. And so inflammation, it's all comes down to the same thing. Like that's the common denominator across everything is like reducing inflammation and, you know, really like healing your gut and giving your body the right nutrients it needs, you know, in order to flourish and prevent disease development. You want to live a long, healthy life, cut out inflammatory foods. Yeah. Sounds like that's really the baseline here. Yeah, cut out inflammatory, but then cut out the whole inflammatory lifestyle. You know, I always like to remind. Yes, like, alcohol is not great. <laughs> it's not, right? Like all the time. And also live in balance. So I preach the 80-20 rule. Like I get it. Yeah, you're going to go out. You, you want to go out to dinner. You want to try. Fine. Like 80-20 though. If you can do this 80% of the time and like have mm-hmm. your fun 20%. 
you will find if you can do it 80% and you feel better, you don't even want the 20% anymore. Like you will yep. get to that point because I was there where I'm like, okay, 70, 30. And then uh, I, don't, I feel horrible. Why did I do it? It was so not worth it. And then 80, 20. And then you get to the point where you're just like, I don't want it. You know, I don't I feel good. I don't want it. I kind of can't wait. This is going to sound so crazy, but I kind of can't wait to be pregnant one day because then I'll be like, okay, nine months, I'm not going to drink alcohol. And I feel like I have this feeling like have this feeling that like once the baby comes earthside, I'll be like, well, that's fine. I'm just a person who doesn't drink anymore. Like that's what I'm really hoping for. Not that I have like, I don't drink like a ton, but it's something that I'm constantly mindful of, I think. And I just have also this like gut feeling that like, it's really just not doing anything positive for my life. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Like I was in Italy and, um, we went on like a wine tour and the, the, you know, the, um, tour guide there was like, here's the difference between Americans and wine and Italians and wine. He's like, yes, we drink a glass of wine at every meal. It's for enjoyment. It's, you know, it pairs with our food. I mean, there's, there's meaning behind it. And he was like, and you Americans, you just drink to get drunk. <laughs> I was like, that's sad. It makes me sad, but sad there's but truth true. to it, right? Mm-hmm. There's truth to it. And so, um, you know, because, I mean, you look at the European lifestyle in general, they don't have even remotely the number of diseases that we do. If you just right. think about cancer, I mean, we talk about inflammatory, ultimately, like, the cancer, inflammation. Like, that's, like, kind of the end that occurs as a result of chronic inflammation is the development of cancer, right? Like, there's this chronic inflammatory response. Eventually, there's going to be cancer cells that develop there. So you look at Europe, like, we're one out of two. That's crazy in the U.S. The numbers are nowhere near that in Europe. Yet they like they smoke, they drink. You know what I mean? But it's their lifestyle overall. It's their food supply um, that's really mitigating that inflammatory cascade. Man, that is crazy. It makes me just. It makes me feel really sad. I know. I like this. This this conversation took a toll. <laughs> Now it's like depressing. It, it is, but it's also enlightening and exciting yeah. because the thing is, like I said, I always believe that like anybody who finds this podcast or any kind of conversation you just stumble upon, I do think it's for a reason. I think it does not happen on accident. I think if you're listening to this, maybe it's something you need to hear. And I think even myself, like I want to make better choices. So, you know, that's a huge reason why I'm so, I was so excited to have you on today because the more we know, the better choices yeah. we can make. And that's really yeah. what it is, is when we lack knowledge, we don't make great choices. So, you know, when we empower ourselves with knowledge and kind of just carve time to, to learn more about this kind of thing, it's, it gives us, you know, I think it's an exciting thing because you're like, okay, cool. It feels hopefully like you're listening to this and you're like, hell yes, I'm going to take charge of this. And this is my sign to like do better and choose better and love myself because the decisions we make today affect who we become in the future and, you know, how healthy we live. And, and really, I think for me, like it, it, I want to make, I like to think that I want to make better choices, not from a selfish standpoint, but for the people around me that I love. So I can be here for a long time for those people. And that drives me, I think. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, for your significant other, for your parents, for your siblings, if you have children, right? Like it just right. takes a whole different definition of, you know, um, life at that point. And so, yeah, absolutely. And I think knowledge is power. I 100% right. agree with you on that. And that's the whole reason why I ever started my 
Instagram, right? And that led me to the book is that I just want to – like it felt wrong for me not to share the knowledge that I'm gaining um, because it's it's for people to make better choices. It's for people to be empowered to ask the right questions, um, right? Like you go to your provider and you should be empowered to ask why. You should be empowered to ask questions um, and you should be able to – you know, you should be able to have that knowledge to do so. Um, and it's that's what kind of brings once you have knowledge, you have confidence and then you're able to take control. And I think that's what's key. Yeah, for sure. And it would definitely be an entirely um, a whole nother episode that I would have to have you on for. But uh, I would imagine as well, like I was saying, if you don't feel inspired to do it for yourself, do it for those you love. But also for the mamas who are moms to be or want to be moms one day, I think this is also highly important in terms of, you know, fertility and, you know, bringing life oh, into yeah. this world. If that's something that matters to you or something that you think about or or perhaps even something you're struggling with. Um, of course. And I, I, I cannot speak from, you know, personal knowledge of that just yet in my life, but it is something I'm thinking about. And I know there's lots of women out there who are listening, who are thinking about that too. And, and so it's a good reason to, to get a hold of it, you know, for the future. I agree. Right. Like we see a rise also in infertility, you know, and you question why, like, what yep. is it, what's going on, you know? And I, my easy button is to always point back to lifestyle and food, right? Cause we haven't evolved enough as a society, as a, as a, species, right, for it to have like such drastic changes and right. and issues that have occurred like from a disease standpoint. But everything else has evolved rather right. quickly, right? We right. can like our the human body can't even keep up with the evolution of how we live and how our food's made and that's what's and causing disease development. That's what's causing infertility. That's what's causing rise in autoimmunity. Like it's scary, but like we have to be mindful of that. Yes. Um, okay, so I will ask you one more question that I end every episode with. Um, so, Dr. Donna, what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? It can be food-related or not. Oh, gosh. I would say, you know, stop making it so hard to be healthy. I, that was like, as I've gained the knowledge that I have, when I look back, I'm just like, wow, it's like I had this own personal struggle with myself, like body image and weight loss and health. And when I think about all the things that I did, I think like I I did this to myself. It's sad. Um, but then I, I, you know, quickly I'm like, but it's okay because it's become my purpose where I'm at today. But like it didn't have to be so hard. I wish I had the knowledge that I did today um, but now I'm here to spread that knowledge so that everybody else who's in their teens and in their twenties or people who are having kids who can educate can give that knowledge back so that, you know, people can live healthier, can be better, um, you know, and, and take care of their bodies the way that they should. Amen. Um, this was such a joy. Thank you so much for sharing such a plethora of knowledge. Um, I think, I mean, I definitely feel inspired to make better choices. So I'm so freaking excited to share this with every, you know, with all of my listeners, because I hope that it has the same effect on anybody who's listening. And I hope that, you know, anybody who's listening, if they've got someone in their life who they think could benefit from this episode, because I think we all do. Um, I hope that anybody listening will share this along with as many people as possible because knowledge is health and health is all we have.
Amen. And that is a wrap today. Make sure that you guys pick up Dr. Donna Mazzola's book. It is Immunity Food Fix. And so she kind of just dives all the way in. Um, It's like a how-to foods and what's good for you and why it's good for you and why it's important and, you know, how to fight autoimmune disease in your body. And so, you know, I I started on the top of this episode talking about how it's something that we don't often think about, you know, but it's something that if we did think about it just a little bit more, uh, we could prevent a lot of, you know, unhappiness in the future. Um, And I think I'll close this episode out with reiterating the point that when we make better choices, it's not just for us, you know, we're all driven by different things. You know, you can make a lifestyle change in your life for yourself because you want to be happier. Um, but I think, and I can speak for myself, but I can't speak for everybody else. But I think for me, what drives me a lot of times is like, I want to be better for the people I love. I want to be a better sister. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a better fiance. I want to be a better friend. I want to be better at all of the areas of my life. And, you know, in order for me to do that, it means I got to take care of myself. And, you know, I I feel like I always freaking go back to Dr. Amen's episode too. Um, but it was one of my favorites. If you haven't listened to it, I would highly recommend listening to it. But, you know, I remember he said that it's our job to be happy humans. It's our prerogative to be a happy human. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, you know, if you prioritize happiness, like the people around you that you spend all of your time with, they want to be around you more because they want to be around happy people. It's not stressful or hard to be around you. So it's like, that's the, it's the same thing. If you are the healthiest possible version of you, like that's going to make people that you love not worry as much or not be in fear or, you know, of your safety and well-being and all of that. So if you don't feel inspired to do it for you, do it for the people that you love. Um, And I will leave you with that today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Once again, follow Dr. Donna on Instagram. She is at Dr. Autoimmune Girl and make sure you pick up her book. Lastly, give us a follow um, on Instagram at Very Best Self. Um, We love a five-star review. And if you could take a second and just write us a little blurb about how much you loved the episode on Apple Podcasts, it really helps this thing grow. Thanks for being you. Thank you for listening. Uh, Yeah, I'll see you guys next time.